it is how to cope during life's challenges. And, um, you know, we look around at our church and everything and the problems that we see so many families going through. It can be health, and it doesn't have to be your own health issues, but it's the health issues of those you love. But it can be both. Uh, then we look at jobs, you know, the need for finances. And if it's not our own immediate needs, it's those that we care about uh, going through different challenges. Or people that we love who are making real poor choices. We talked about some of the children, young people, just, you know, needing to make some better choices maybe. And, and then you don't have to be that young. You know, the, the old saying is young and dumb, but I've known some that weren't so young. Uh, but they still qualified for the other part. And, uh, you know, and, um, you know, but, but you care. You know, the thing I've learned about uh, being a parent is as long as you care, you're still mom and dad. I remember real clearly a man that was in his 80s looking for his 50-year-old baby uh, who was down on Skid Row. Uh, who got into alcohol and it cost him his marriage and cost him his job. And then the next thing they knew, dad couldn't find him. And um, our pastor actually heard about it up in Ohio. And the man wasn't even a member of the church, but he heard about it. And our pastor went down there and went from bar to bar to bar until he found this man's baby. And he got him into rehab. And I learned right then a, a valuable lesson as about a 30-year-old man that as long as you care, you're still mom and dad. And so uh, people making poor choices, uh, losing loved ones like Miss Dots had to go through just recently. And, um, and then lo- loved ones that need Jesus, that just haven't come to the saving knowledge of Christ. You know, there's just a lot of challenges out there that we face and a pressure that seems to come with it. And we have to learn how to cope during life's challenges. And in Philippians uh, 4-7, Paul writing says, And the peace of God which passeth understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, I've said many a time in Sunday school and stuff, do you really want understanding or do you just want the peace? You know, well, the, at the end of the day, you really just want the peace. You know, you want to be able to lay your head down on the pillow at night. But some people would sit there and say, well, that's like the ostrich sticking their head in the sand. You, you know, you don't just want peace. You don't just want to go through life, you know, like I don't care or with blinders on you. Know, I want that understanding. Well, have you ever really thought about that a little bit? Uh, one thing is that peace is available because God has said it is available. But for understanding to be available you'd probably have to be able to see the future. Because usually, if you already know how it's going to unfold, you're not that worried about it. You may be terrified, but you're not worried no more. Uh, but the thing is, it's um, things are, it's the uncertainties that cause a lot of anxiety, isn't it? And the challenges, we don't know how they're going to unfold. We don't know how the last chapter is going to be told. Um. But let me ask you this, like in the story of the prodigal son, do you think the father would have really liked to have known what his son was doing during the riotous living? Do you really think the father wanted to know that information? Uh, and then do you even know about being in the pig pen? 
you know, and stuff like that. I, I had a family member that the mom didn't really realize how much she was, um, what's the word when you enable somebody, until they found the empty syringes uh, in his apartment and realized that it was now time for hard love. You know, that the warm, compassionate love, just try to fix the problem type love uh, wasn't getting it done. And it was time for some hard love because just like the prodigal son, some people have to hit rock bottom before they'll look up. And so the thing is, do you really want to, and some problems don't disappear in a week or two weeks or a year. Some problems go on 5 and 10, 15 years before somebody gets right. My father was 30 years backslid before he got right with God. And then after that, he lived for the Lord for the last 30 years of his life. But the thing is, would if you know, if God gives you understanding, then you've got to bear all the weight of all that information and all those problems for all those years or all that, whatever that period of time. In other words, you've got to carry tomorrow's problems today. And so the reality is you do just want the peace that passes the understanding. And so the key is, is for us to uh, learn how to get God's peace. And for that, I'd like you to go with me to Isaiah chapter 63. In Isaiah chapter 63, we're going to look at one verse here, and it's verse 7. Isaiah 63 and verse 7. And it's the scripture says, like I said, Isaiah 63 verse 7. He says, I will mention the loving kindnesses of the Lord and the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord hath bestowed on us, and the great goodness toward the house of Israel, which he hath bestowed on them according to his mercies, and according to the multitude of his loving kindnesses. Isn't that a neat phrase, loving kindnesses? That that's the way our Father in heaven looks at us and approaches us with loving kindnesses? If we're his children, that's encouraging. And the the thing, you know, like right now, if we're going through, and if any of us that are very old at all, if you're not currently going through one of these life's challenges, you know you've just recently come out of one, and there's another one coming. And one of the things I've found as I get older is because there's more people that I'm involved in uh, because can y'all remember being back when you was a teenager around 20 years old? How many people did you really worry about? Yeah, but you know, you know, we're all kind of very self-centered. Our, our focus is pretty small, but then as we get older, our level of responsibilities and our uh, people that we really care about and learn to care about, and so because of it, our responsibilities get bigger and bigger. And uh, the thing is, you can have multiple challenges going on simultaneously and again how do we cope with that well like i said we want the peace of god that passeth understanding and so right now you might be uh you know in a gloomy time maybe going through the challenges and if you're not you will be soon and the thing to do is can you remember that great day when jesus met you and said come unto me 
You know, can you remember that day that you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior? And think about how the, the chains fell off as far as the guilt and the flood of love that came into your heart to realize how much love it took for Jesus to go to the cross and that he loved you because salvation's a personal thing. If you still have the mindset that Jesus died for the whole world, you may need to stop and wonder, are you really saved or not? Because, yeah, Jesus died for the whole world, but he died for you. And salvation is a personal thing. And he went to that cross for you. And he, and then he wooed you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Think of where you were when he found you. Think of the nonsense you were involved in before he found you. And, and, he, and he brought you to that saving knowledge of Christ. You come to the realization. I'd been going to church with some friends for about a year. And, and I, I can't explain to you why on this particular day, it was just like a light switch went on and I realized I was lost. I thought I was saved, but I wasn't. But, you know, I'd sit under a lot of messages. But that particular day, whatever God had had to do to get the table set right, to get the circumstances just right, all of a sudden the light switch came on. I realized I was lost, but I knew Jesus loved me and had died for me, and I got saved that day. And the thing is, we need to remember that, that feeling that we had, the love, the joy, the peace that flooded our hearts. And let things like that lighten your path today because God doesn't love you any less today than he did that day. And we also, you know, um, you know, have you ever, as you're going through a challenge today, whatever that challenge is that you're going through today, and like I said, it may be on multiple fronts. It may be finances and health. It may be someone that you care about, you wish they'd get saved. You may have lots of different challenges all happening at the same time. And you're in the middle of the fight. And your focus is on the challenges. And it weighs you down. The trouble is, again, if you've lived very long at all, you've seen these days before. They've had this, these same challenges have come your way before. They may have had a slightly different look to them, but there's been financial other challenges in your life. There's been other people that had health issues that you cared about. There were other people that you've known that have made poor choices, and God gave the victory. And so what we need to do is just realize that we can get our eyes so much on the challenges of today that we make the challenges look real big and our God real small because we're not remembering that we've walked this road before. Like I said, the challenges may have a slightly different look to them, but we've walked these roads before, and our God took us by the hand and walked us all the way through to the other side. And again, it it may not have been a uh, quick transition. There may have been a, a season that you was down there in the valley and having to go through the challenge. But the thing is, is to remember these milestone victories. Go back in your mind and think of how God, to use the crude saying, pulled your bacon out of the fire. 
You know, how many times has God done that for you in the past? And think with me about the fact that he doesn't love you any less today than he did then. He's just as capable today as he was then. And what we have to do is to is we have to let the like I said before the light of those victories shine out of our memory into today. Again, if you if you want, we we already understood that the understanding part is more than we want to bear up to. Well, we want the peace. And there's no better crystal ball for the future than it is the past, looking backwards and seeing how faithful your God's been to you all through the years. And so let those milestone victories, those deals where you didn't know how this was going to happen, the, the, the person that you wound up having to work with whose only purpose in life was to make your life miserable, you know, that, have you ever had any of those? Yeah, I've had a few of those. And, uh, or, you know, just all the different stresses of life. We've walked these roads before. And yet God has given us the victory. And if you'll let yourself go back and remember those milestone victories, it'll give you the courage you need to trust God again. And that's where that peace that passes understanding comes from. It's not confidence in self. It's confidence in the God that's been there before. Always walking with you. Never leaving you. Never forsaking you. And because of it, we can hold our heads up. And we can walk through this life in confidence. Not confidence of self, but confidence in our God. I think we walk around too long and too much of the time, and I know I'm guilty of it, with the mully grubs. When we ought to have a bounce in our step and joy in our heart because our God is capable and the thing is, and if you kill me, I'll go to heaven. We, we were doing door knocking up in Oklahoma one time, and some folks we were making a big push to go door knocking, and some ladies who came out who'd never done door knocking before, and they were real nervous, and the pastor said, the worst they can do is kill you. It didn't really bring the comfort to him, but he thought it might. You know, he, was, he was being a little sarcastic. But... Uh, you know, the thing is, uh, we have a loving God. And he, in the scripture here, it talks about, I will mention the loving kindnesses of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord hath bestowed on us and the great goodness toward the house of Israel which he has bestowed on them according to his mercies and according to the multitude of his loving kindnesses. We have a gracious and loving God that will give us that peace that passes understanding if we'll just lean on him for our understanding. Go with me, if you would, and we'll look at some verses in the Psalms. Psalms 27. And in Psalms 27, starting in, we'll look at verse 14. The psalmist writing, Wait on the Lord, be of, be of courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now notice, what does it take, you know, to have courage? 
confidence, you know, and, you know, they talked about Richard the Lionhearted, you know, the king back in the day. And notice that the Lord says, and he shall strengthen thine heart. So the courage comes from God. But guess what? You got to give God a chance to give it to you. In other words, the challenge comes, and are you going to cut and run? Or do you have confidence in your God that he can take care of you and then he'll strengthen your heart where you'll have the courage to face tomorrow too? And it's a one day at a time kind of thing. He says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Go with me, if you would, to Psalms 40. We'll just stick here in the Psalms for a minute. And in Psalms 40, starting in verse 1, it says, a Psalm of David says, I, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. Think about that phrasing. Isn't it interesting what the, the phrase that God let him use there? He brought me out of a horrible pit. That's pretty bad position to be in, isn't it? And he said, Out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He have put a new song in my mouth, even praises unto our God. And many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Have you ever thought about the fact that you got folks you'd love to see get saved? And they may have to see how you go through the fire and that you trust in your God while you go through the fire to realize you've got something worth having. You know, we talk to them all the time about you need Jesus, you need Jesus, but we don't need to cut and run the first time problems come our way. Who needs a Jesus like that? You know, so sometimes challenges come our way so that God can use it to answer your prayer that you want to see some of your loved ones get saved. But God may have to put you, who they're watching, through something and then walk you all the way through to the other side so that they'll turn around and do as the psalmist said here and shall trust in the Lord. We'll look at, if you would, uh, Psalms 46. And in verse 1 of Psalms 46... God is our refuge and strength, a very pleasant help in trouble. How many of you have ever thought of your home as a refuge, a place to just get away, you get in there, you know? And God says, even inside of that, I can give you another refuge, and that's inside of me. A very safe place to be, a refuge. Nothing can get to you that your Heavenly Father doesn't allow they, God's either got a, he's specifically doing it or he's allowing it. And what did, what did it talk about in back in Isaiah? How did God treat his people? Loving kindnesses. So you got a heavenly father that looks at you and approaches you with loving kindnesses. And yet he thinks this is something you need to either chisel something away from your life or add something to your life, or 
use it to put you in the right position so that he can bless you better. The thing is, we just have to have confidence in who's in charge. Who is it that's really in charge of our life? Is our God on his throne? Is he in charge? Does he have the ability to intercede on our behalf? And if he does, we can have confidence that he will. Look with me, if you would, to uh, Psalms 118. Belinda really ought not pinch that baby. Psalms 118 in verse uh, 6 and 7. For those who don't have it marked and you want to, this is the very middle of the Bible. These verses here are in the very middle of the Bible. And it's interesting what the Lord has written here in the very middle of his Bible. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. And isn't that interesting? That's in the very center of the word of God, that he wants us to have confidence in him and his ability to take care of us. And then if you go over to Psalms 119, the next chapter over, how many of us have ever got in tr- you know, a challenge, a problem in our life, and, you know, we kind of brought it on ourselves, you know. And the thing is, he says, he says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now have I kept thy word. There's been some lessons that God's had to teach me through life. And it's, uh, you know, some of them were so painful, I don't want to go there ever again. He, 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 my dad was the type of when, when he gave, he didn't like having to whip his children. So when he did it, he did it real thoroughly. He didn't like having to do it. It really, you know, uh, he would do it and he did do it. <laughs> I can put my hand on the Bible and honestly say he did do it, but I honestly believe he did not enjoy doing it. And so when he did do it, he did a very thorough job of it. You didn't want to ask for seconds. Anytime real soon. And, and the whole idea was the fact usually he would have warned you. and But you, your behavior proved that you wouldn't listen. You no longer thought you had to listen. And so he had to enforce upon you, oh, yes, you do have to listen. There's consequences. And the thing is, the Lord can do the same thing to his children. And it's, it's been done to me. And if you've been saved very long, it's been done to you. And sometimes the things we're going through are as a God that loves us, who wants to draw us back into the proper relationship with him. He also said in verse 71 of the same chapter, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. There are just some roads God doesn't want his children traveling. And one thing also is, you know, you get older and there's more eyes upon you. I find that things that I did when I was 25 years old that God kind of whooped me for, he'll just wear me out now. And so I don't want it. I just don't go there. You know, and uh, so the thing is, sometimes the challenges we're going through, we brought upon ourselves. And we just need to admit it, but admit that our same God that has the same loving kindnesses 
loves us enough not to let us do that. And so he, he challenges us with, or he chastises us. Go with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 8, and we'll wrap this up here in just a minute. Again, not trying to lose focus on what we're talking about. We want the peace of God, and our peace of God, the peace of God that passes all understanding, that passes understanding, is going to come from our confidence in God, and that he has our best interests at heart. And the thing is, no matter what we do as far as what we go through in this life, we can't ever sever that relationship if we're saved. Nothing can sever our relationship with the Heavenly Father. If we've ever truly accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, we're saved. We're one of His kids. And because we can't sever the relationship, also the promises that were made to us are not ever going to be severed. Now, some of them are conditional. You do this and I'll do that. And then some of the, uh, but it says here and it tells us in uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 35. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distresses or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Think about that word conquerors. If you're a conqueror, are you just sitting on a bench somewhere? No, if you're conquering, you're in a fight. So the challenges that we're going through ought not surprise us. But the Bible tells us that we can be more than conquerors because our God is with us. And then Paul goes on, he says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I mean, it's like Paul's just sitting there grabbing at straws. Is there anything possible that could separate us from the love of God, from the relationship that we have with Jesus? And he goes through and says, For I am persuaded that neither death, in other words, if I die, okay, I go to heaven, nor life. Now, that means you can't do anything to lose your salvation. People to say you've got to work for your salvation. Well, Paul says that life can't take your salvation away from you. So your actions can't take your salvation away from you. It says, uh, nor angels. So Satan can't take your salvation away from you. Nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. In other words, even things I haven't even thought of yet. Uh, they can't, they can't do it either. And then he says, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because, uh, because of our relationship that we have with the Lord and the fact that it can't be severed, we can have confidences, like I said before, in all of his promises to us. And because of it, if we'll stop and we'll think back and remember his loving kindnesses to us in the past, look at the first our salvation experience, look at the milestones, the victories that he's given us, 
realization that none of the paths that we're walking, the challenges that we're seeing, they're not really new. They're scaring us because they're today, and the other ones were in the past. But what we need to do is look back in the past and see the victory that our God gave us, and then with that, move ahead with courage and confidence in him, and that confidence is what will give you the ability to have the peace that lets you lay your head on the pillow at night and let it go. And really, that's all we want in life, isn't it? At the end of the day, to be happy, to be at peace, to be happy. And to know that all the people we care about, all the people that were these challenges, the things that we're worrying about, our Heavenly Father worries about them with us. And He doesn't worry about them, but He cares about them. The Bible says Jesus was tempted in all ways, but without sin, but now He sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. You know, we have an advocate with the Father, and we can go to Him in our prayers. And when we go to bed at night and we close our eyes, we can know that our Heavenly Father, who is in charge, who approaches us with loving kindnesses, will take care of us, as He's always been faithful to do until the day He takes us home. And then when He does, it's nothing but glory after that. Anybody have a, well, I tell you, we'll just close in a word of prayer. Um, Brother Tim, how about closing us in a word of prayer?